Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to this week's edition of Empowered by the Spirit, hosted by Deacon Steve Greco of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. For the next hour, join Deacon Steve and his guests as they share their testimonies, love of their Catholic faith, and the importance of the Holy Spirit in all our lives. Now, here's Deacon Steve. Hello, everyone. It's Deacon Steve Greco, high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California, at the Diocese of Orange. And wow, am I excited. I am so excited to have someone who is a great friend back on our show, Empowered by the Spirit, Sister Nancy Usselman, Director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies. Welcome back, Sister. Thank you so much, Deacon. It's always so great to be with you. You're so amazing. You're amazing. You know, I look at you, and one of my favorite songs is, The Joy of the Lord <laughs> is Our Street. I know you guys sing, right? Yes. You've got the Christmas concert coming up. We'll yes. be talking about that. But is that true, how the joy of the Lord is our strength? Absolutely. I think the more we are united with Christ, the more that joy just kind of comes out of the soul of the core oh, of our being because it wells up in exactly, you, right? Exactly. You, have to, you have to shout out from the rooftops. <laughs> I think I can get that, that scripture now for the first time, you know, be on top, you know, don't hide, hide the joy, the light under a bushel basket, but shout it out from the rooftops. Um, sister, you, you guys are doing amazing things. Give us an update on the Pauline Center for Media Studies because there's so much going on. We're talking about our digital culture. Uh, maybe you can explain what that means, sure. digital culture. Sure. Well, we're also engaged in the digital culture right now because everything, especially with COVID, has gone online, really. Uh, most things that were in person have become digital. And these are really good opportunities for us to imbue the culture, the digital culture with the gospel. Um, that's what the new evangelization is all about, that Pope John Paul II was talking about. We need to take on all the means of the for the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. And so all of us have been doing that in many different ways. And as Daughters of St. Paul, known as the media nuns, uh, we've gone that way even more so uh, by being present on social media, doing online classes, online conferences, online courses, just constant ways of bringing people the message of the gospel. And from the Pauline Center for Media Studies, we really teach on media mindfulness, how to be aware of the messages of the media, how do we really evaluate those messages and be critical engagers, not just you know, sitting back and like listening to all the dialogue that's happening, especially in our political world and divided world, we're helping people to really examine and question and be critical and be open to find out your own answers rather than just like accept answers from what you hear in the media. 
So for those of us who may not be that familiar with the word digital, what are all the things it, it makes up? Well, so much of our cult uh, of our media world is digital now. So it's it's electronic, basically. It's uh, it's on the internet. It's on the web. So anything now is going to be available. So like streaming platforms of TV mm-hmm. shows. That's all digital now. Um, even films have become digital long long before this time. But and everything we do, social media, uh, gaming, all of it is online. And so that would mean digital. So many people right now are struggling because of COVID and not necessarily because of having COVID, but being impacted by COVID at their work. Maybe their hours have been cut down. Their lives have changed. Maybe family members have been sick that they have to take care of. How does this digital culture help us in this new world that we're in? It's a challenge, I think, for so many people post-COVID or even in the still in the midst of the remnants of COVID to find a sense of peace and serenity because so much information is coming at us in a digital culture. We're, we're imbued by like 3,000 messages a day. We don't even realize how much we are impacted and influenced by these various media. But I think so much of it is trying to find that moment of peace in the day like really at some point you got to put away your digital devices and just say i need Mm -hmm. to take a little moment of prayer and peace and quiet and i'm the one who uses i I use my digital device all the time (laughs) but i find that i need to have those moments where i'm separate from it and i think that's important especially when so much is coming at us all day long we need to find those moments of peace. And and that's really where we connect our souls with God. And that's what's going to give us serenity. That's what's going to give us joy, peace, happiness is in those moments. Amen. You know, it's interesting. Um, and we cannot recommend adoration enough. That's right. But someone says re- said recently, and it really hit me, because, oh, by the way, when I'm in adoration, maybe as I'm starting whatever, I'm cleaning up my email. <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and someone said recently, I don't even take my cell phone in to adoration. Mm-hmm. There are times that we need to let our cell phone be gone. You know, mm-hmm. if, if we take it with us, turn it off, put it in your purse or your pocket or whatever. But it, it is so important that we get rid of the clutter and learn to pray, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe without some digital device in our hand. Yes, actually, I've been writing about this and, and um, I'm, another book, hopefully, <laughs> in the future will be coming. But it is about this. How do we live well with our digital devices? And doesn't mean we get rid of them because we all need them. We use them for work, for study, for everything. But... We have to live well with them. And what does that mean? That means to be, to think how we use them, to, to, to really be discerning, really, of how we use our digital devices. And that's a challenge to teach that to young people, especially for teens. How do parents teach that to kids to be discerning with their media? Uh, and this is, this is what we do from the Media Studies Center is give tools to parents on how to teach that to their kids. I think it's so important that we understand the fact that we have to have our digital devices be used by us in a prayerful way and not be enslaved by them. That's right. Yes. 
and, and how do we do that? Well, what we teach also is a media spirituality. So it's not that it's a completely, you know, a bad thing and we get rid of everything. We have to use them. But how do we use them well? And so we teach what is called a Pauline media spirituality, which comes from our founder, Blessed James Alberione, the founder of the Pauline family. He really gave a media spirituality to the church through the Pauline spirituality. And what it means is not just that we pray using media, which many of us do. Uh, we use books. We use our devices. Sometimes we you know, have our liturgy of the hours on our phones or, you know, sometimes people use you know film clips or music clips you know for prayer but it's also praying the media pray the media we have when we're watching a film we use a method called cinema divina to pray a film using scripture and the movie so that we're using the media of the popular culture but we're praying the media and even like praying the news, it's a practice we use in the convent and the Daughters of St. Paul is we watch a piece of news together or listen to a piece of news together. And then we pray over what we heard and bring those uh, needs and those intentions before the Lord. So it's it kind of gives a different perspective to how we consume media. How do we protect ourselves right now? Because... You know, I mean, if you have Netflix or, you know, Prime Video or even secular, regular TV shows, it's very hard to turn something on and be uplifted. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there's either the message itself, the sexuality that is displayed, whatever it might be, just the overall tone of it. You know, do we not watch regular TV mm -hmm. at all anymore? Do we not watch those, the Netflixes of the world or whatever? And what is your recommendation? Well, I think there's so much out there right now. <laughs> it's just like inundated. Um, and I think it takes some discernment to see what's there and to find. Um, I do find a lot of different shows that are really good or that have some really good, you know, messages, that, that overall perspective of the human person that I think is noteworthy and uh, something to consider, to ponder. There are the other shows that, you know, I used to watch regularly and then <laughs> I'd be like, all of a sudden they decided they needed to have every kind of controversial issue in it. Right, and I'm thinking right. it's so disappointing in some ways. It's very disappointing, especially when it's primetime TV for families. It's just, it, they're pushing the limits, basically. And I, I think it just really... You have to be discerning. That's all I can say, because you know yourself. Everyone has to know themselves. And then when you're watching something, to question it, saying, hey, is that what I value or not? And it doesn't mean by just watching it that we're going to be like, that that's what I believe. No, we know who, who we are. But does it support you? Does it lead you to living a better life? You know, that's the questions you have to ask. I can't tell people, you know, watch this or don't watch this. But I think just to kind of be discerning, especially parents for their kids, which is mm. very significant. And I, I, you know, even wonderful animated films and sh series are mm. so many of them are out there. But just the one little element that it's putting in there. I just tell parents, you got to be aware. You just got to be attentive and, and to talk about it with your kids. My brothers and sisters, and this is where some of the Ignatian spirituality kicks in for me, is it bringing you closer to Christ or away from Christ? You know, is it consolation or desolation? Is it 
building you up mm-hmm. spiritually or is it bringing you down? What you're watching maybe by yourself, would you watch that in front of your grandkids? Would you watch that in front of other people? And if the answer is no, then that's not for you. If, if you feel like it's bringing you down, bringing you away from Christ, you know, and I have to say this, I have to give my wife uh, some kudos because, you know, I was watching, I got hooked in some series, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and she would say, is this bringing you close to Christ? Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that's a good question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, that is the question to ask and, for helping ourselves to grow in our relationship with God, even using the media and living within the popular media culture. I am not the one who automatically condemns something unless I've actually seen the whole series. I mean, even a horror series like Midnight Mass, I watched it because I know people were talking about it. And it does have, It's believe it or not, it's very Catholic in many ways, and it is about Catholic themes. And... I think so many people in the industry are really struggling and it comes out in their art and mm. they're trying to find where is humanity's purpose? What is humanity's purpose? What are we, why are we even on this earth? What is, and it comes out in the stories. And so that's a good searching mm. that happens in these series. Mm. And even that's horror. Some people lo- hate horror and some people love horror. So right, <laughs> it's really right. a mix, but right. it's a very interesting how Catholic horror can be because it always talks about what is good and evil and it names it. Um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's um, some of the fantasy books mm-hmm. and, and stories too mm-hmm. have that good and evil and, mm-hmm. and people sometimes wonder, should I be involved in this or not involved in this? But I do think that w- it would be safe to say that we should go to the Lord in prayer and let the Lord lead us. Well, yes, I think. But also in these series to be discerning is to recognize, does it show evil for evil? Like, is it really evil or is it making evil look good? Yes. Is it making yes. evil choices yes. look like good choices? Right. So I think it's that's where you have to be questioning it. Yeah. You know, what is it? Are there consequences to our bad choices? Amen. Amen. Now, tell us again, we're going to get to this. Is the Lord leading the church in the digital age? But when we know the Lord is, mm-hmm. but uh, how the Lord is. But before we do it, tell us again about what you do in the Pauline Center for Media Studies. What what, what kind of um, things do you do in which people can really learn from and, mm-hmm. and get information from? Well, part of what we do is also um, theological uh, review of elements of the popular culture. So basically, we're film reviewers, we're TV reviewers. Um, that's all on our websites. We review popular films, popular streaming series, you know, different topics that come up in the popular culture uh, is what we write about. So how can they find you? Um, on bemediamindful.org. Bemediamindful.org um, is where we have a lot of these. But we also, like I said, teach um, media mindfulness. So we offer people tools. How do you, how can you be critical engagers of the media culture yourself instead of just removing yourself from it or just ignoring it all because we can't really ignore it. You know, we're, we it's have not going to go. Away, no, so. it's not going away. It's there. You know, we're all imbued with it. Right. So how do we engage with it critically, even being critical of the news that we listen to or watch or read? 
where is the truth? You know, we have we can no longer just go to one news source. We have to now go to like 10 news sources to find and discover the truth. And it's good to find from different perspectives so we can make those decisions ourselves and not just trust. Well, the one news media that used to be maybe Mm -hmm. one we could trust. Right. I don't yeah, think we can not, trust not, any of them now because in the so digital much. culture, right. everybody wants to get the news immediately, even the legacy media. And that news culture, they spin it according to where they think their ratings are going to be the highest, which is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the reality of where we are. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example? I know that you review, whether it be films or TV shows or whatever. Can you give a, a recent example of something that you did and, and maybe a little bit about that review? Sure. Uh, well, I recently watched a beautiful film called Mass, mm. and it was about, it's very powerful, and it just happens all in one room. It's two couples. The son of one of the couples murdered the daughter of the other couple, mm. and they actually come together in a room. The two couples meet mm. just to talk. And it is one of the most powerful films of reconciliation I've ever seen. Wow. Even though it doesn't come right out and say, I'm sorry, or, you know, to reconcile, but they actually start to see each other as human beings instead of just pointing the finger, Mm. you know, your, your, your son was evil, so you're evil. You know, that's how people think of that. And it was really, really powerful film. So it's called Mass. It doesn't really have to do with, it has to do with, yeah, you know, you, you not, think our, not our the Catholic Mass. mass yeah. it, it has nothing to do yeah. with that, yeah. So, but just to say, those kind of, these are like the little kind of films that come out that not too many people know about, unfortunately, you know, they don't get as much notice. I was going to say there's another film, Dear Evan Hansen was a great film. I don't know if you've seen Starling, The Starling. The Starling is a wonderful film. A good friend of ours is the director and producer, Ted Melfi, who did Hidden Figures. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're familiar with that, uh, St. Vincent, Hidden Figures, the story of the women who worked at NASA, the the black women who worked at NASA. Nice. But he also did a film called The Starling that's on Netflix now. And so there is some hope on Netflix. Oh, there's little bits. Yeah, yeah, little bits. And <laughs> it's with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. It's a great series. And Chris O'Dowd. Oh, it's a wonderful story of a couple who lost their child. Mm. Um, and it's a wonderful story about how do we grieve? Mm. Um, so it's not a quick moving film, but it's a reflective film on the stages of grief, but also how do we help one another? Like this couple, they, they grew apart because of it. Mm. And, and one, he ended up in the husband ended up in a mental institution because of it. But how did they learn how to communicate once again? after such a great loss there's humor in the movie it's funny it has to do with the starling a little bird oh that's funny (laughs) but it's a beautiful film and and ted melfi is a catholic filmmaker um i interviewed him on our site as well on our on our website and he's just a wonderful wonderful man who's you know, relies on God's grace mm. in his filmmaking. So even though he works in the secular Hollywood, he tells really good stories that get us to reflect. 
So when you look at these these films and, and you look at the media, you're looking through the eyes of Christ. Yes. And you're, you're, you're looking at it from a standpoint of what is the value spiritually right. to get us close to Christ. Is that right. a great way of putting uh, it? I, I also look at what, how is the human person represented? Okay. You know, trying to get to even the deeper human values. Mm-hmm. What are we searching for? Like that so much comes out in the stories, like those deep existential desires that nobody really says or names, but they're there in the stories. The mm-hmm. desire for connection with other human beings, the need for communion, the need for for finding our purpose and meaning in life. Mm. You know, these are things that we talk about uh, that, that we don't always talk about, but it comes out in our storytelling. And those are really great values to reflect on. That's fantastic. Now, the question before the break was, do we think the Lord is leading the church in the digital age? And, and we know he is, but where is he leading it? Well, I think it's a challenge I think the Lord is offering us a big challenge in the church (laughs) to say, first of all, we had to go digital really quickly because of COVID in so many ways. And in one sense, that was actually good because it kind of boosted the church into the 21st century, which we needed to do that. Um, And we need to be an evangelizing culture. We need to be an evangelizing culture in the church. You know, too often, I think we think someone else is doing that job of evangelizing Mm -hmm. instead to recognize that each one of us that are baptized, each person who is baptized is called to evangelize, to be the presence of God wherever they are. And especially in a digital culture and we can be there. And it, does it mean being, you know, controversial and so many different and being polarizing and, you know, because even in the church, we see the, the differences of opinion. We see all the struggles, you know, of people trying to communicate with one another. I think more than ever, anything, we need to stay in the middle with the church. That's what our founder used to tell us. He's like, you're not going from one side to the other, from one perspective on the world to the other, you know, the extremes. He says, stay in the middle, stay with the church and be the presence of Christ. Be evangelizers of the culture, you know, in with the church. Because that's where Jesus is. <laughs> He's with the yeah, church. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and the reality is, you know, we need to, to really learn from what we see in yeah. media, right? To grow closer to Christ, but also some challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, we see the human suffering. We mm-hmm. see what's going on there. How do we know, you, you mentioned parents with children. I mean, how do we know how to protect our children? Well, I think it's an instinct in parents. Uh, (laughs) It should be part of the the parenthood is to protect children. I think, though, sometimes the digital culture can get away from parents uh, and not recognizing how much their kids know because they grew up in this, you know, parents, we came into it later a little bit, but the kids... This is their life, and they're going to know much more about their digital devices than any parent will. So it's really important to talk to your kids about them, to sit down and say, if you're going to give a kid a phone, uh, you know, a smartphone at, you know, 15 years old, hopefully not too much younger, um, but... You know, I think there needs to be consequences. You know, you need to say, first of all, what they can use, how they can use it, 
what you're giving literally when you give a kid a smartphone, you're giving them access to the entire world with no filter. Now, as a parent, do you want to give your kid access to the entire world with no filter? No. So what do you have to do? You have to talk to them about it. You have to protect them from certain things. You know, there are certain filters that you can put on your phones. But you also just need to say, let's talk. And when their friends are all talking about a certain streaming series or things that are showing up on TikTok or Snapchat, you need to sit down with them and ask them. What is popular now and why? And what are you watching and why? Amen, amen, amen. Again, we're with Sister Nancy Usselman, Director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies, and we're talking about our digital culture. How do we find God in this culture at times? You know, there, I, there are times, you know, you, you fight discouragement because it's like almost everywhere you go within the media, quote unquote, you see sensuality, you see certainly a sexual spin, a uh, secular spin. You see all kinds of things that can be kind of discouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we find God in this culture? Well, I like to go back to St. Paul, the Apostle's oh, time in go. Rome. There you I, go. When you think about the Roman culture at the time, yeah, it was pretty pagan go. there, okay? So, there, there you go. You know, I, I think in any era, in any time in the church, we're dealing with the struggles of our age and our age just happens to have digital technology that that spreads thoughts and ideas and just an entertainment out so quickly. But I think St. Paul had it when he says, you know, we, we have to be present. You know, he wasn't going to be ignoring the culture. You remember when he goes to Athens, Greece, very pagan culture, right? And it's the it's the center of learning in the Areopagus, right? Where all the philosophers of the day go and talk and you know talk about the current ideas or ideologies of the day. Well, he goes there in the midst of it, and he's seeing, you know, hmm, how are I gonna, how am I going to talk to these people? How will they understand me? And what does he notice? All the altars to different gods, and he notices one that's the altar to the unknown god. And at the altar. He's like, mm, that's my starting point. And he begins from all from creation, how God has worked. Let me tell you really about this unknown God, he tells these philosophers. And he starts from the beginning of creation and all the salvation history, how God has, you know, directed humanity. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to Jesus and they're all who <laughs> rose from the dead and they're going, whoa, I don't know if I can handle that. So they walk away. But I think... St. Paul was awesome because he was also bringing in the philosophers. He quotes the poets of the day, the philosophers of the day. He wasn't going right to Jesus from the beginning because he knew they couldn't handle it. He was talking their language. And for us, our language today is of digital culture. Mm, Well said. Well said. This particular, these scriptures in Acts of the Apostles are among my favorites that you mentioned, because at the end, too, he doesn't condemn them. Mm -mm. What he says is that the tomb of the unknown God is Mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. You just didn't know that, exactly. you know, but you're actually doing that. And, And it's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we focus on the fact that Jesus is there calling us 
but he calls us in different ways. He can call oh, yeah. us through the media, through the culture of the day mm-hmm. without us at times realizing it. But when we ask for the Lord to open our eyes to see mm-hmm. differently, that's when it happens. Absolutely. We're going to learn a lot more about that here in a minute as we come right back and also about an exciting Christmas concert that I know that you're going to want to be part of. It's <laughs> Dick and Steve Greco. You're empowered by the Spirit. Deacon Steve lately. You know, one of my favorite stories, Rick, is when Joan of Arc is before the Queen of France and the Queen of France says, how is it that you, a 14-year-old peasant girl, has God speak to you and I, the Queen of France, do not? And her answer to the Queen was, your highness, God is speaking to you all day long, but you're just not listening. And I think the bottom line is, <laughs> right? Is that not great? You know, I, I love it. Catch Empowered by the Spirit with Deacon Steve Greco, Sundays at 12 noon, right here on Relevant Radio. So you're a big football fan, huh? Well, are you ready for some saintly football? Here's some play-by-play from a recent podcast guest, Alexis Walkenstein. This is the amazing part about the saints. Yes, Catholics love saints. We have this whole, like, it's a whole football team in heaven to get us to the end zone, right? It's like we have these helpers that have gone before us. Amen. For more great content, check out spiritfilledradio.org. Spiritfilled Radio is in partnership with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. Spiritfilledradio.org. We're back with Sister Nancy Esselman, Director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies. You know, different saints would use media of their day, right? That's right. And you recently did quite a bit of work on that. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, actually, uh, what we have and that we teach as part of our media spirituality is a litany of media saints. And the litany of media mindfulness, helping these saints to, we pray to them to help us to become media mindful for our day. And so there's like all different saints. So there's like St. Genesius, who's the patron of actors. Uh, You have St. Paul, who's the patron of writers. St. Cecilia, the patron of musicians. And, you know, you have St. Bernardine of Siena, who created a logo. So patron of... Public relations. Interesting. Yeah, Saint Isidora Seville, um, who created a database for so maybe is the patron of the internet. You know, um, all different kinds of saints, new saints. Saint Blessed James Alberione, patron of all the media and the digital media. Tell us about him, by the way, because wow. I think he's near. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That's 50, our founder. 50, 50 year. <laughs> Tell us about that. So this year, in 2021, it's the 50th anniversary of his death. He died in 1971. Uh, November 26th is his anniversary of his death. And that's the feast day that Pope John Paul II gave him. St. John Paul II. And he's a founder, really, because what he did was, at the time, in the early 1900s, the church wasn't thinking of being evangelizers in the digital, in, in the culture. And he took on the media. And at that time, it was the press only to bring the message of the gospel. He says, we have to combat the bad evil, the bad press with the good press. We have to have the good out there as well. He was never one to, you know, go and protest like, 
bad films or whatever like that. He wasn't. He's like, put down the scissors of censorship and pick up camera. Basically, instead of just bemoaning the bad that's out there, start creating good media. Mm. And he took on every means that came along. So from the press, you know, to radio, to television, to film. He was one of the first biblical filmmakers in Italy in the 1930s. So he is the patron of all in the media, really, because he's the one who's helping us. To, and and St. John Paul II called him the saint of the new evangelization, the media wow. apostle. That's so great. And again, you can celebrate with the Pauline sisters his 50th anniversary, and you can celebrate by attending the Christmas concert, <laughs> the highlight of the year. Tell us about this. This is fantastic. Well, unfortunately, it's not going to be in person. It's going to be virtual again. So last year, because of COVID, uh, we couldn't go on a regular coast-to-coast tour uh, as a concert choir. So we went virtual. And it was so uh, amazing. We've literally reached hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Wow. And uh, from countries, like more than 30 different countries. Wow. We're viewing it. So we air it on YouTube, on our Daughters of St. Paul YouTube channel. It's going to air and premiere uh, live on December 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific time on the Daughters of St. Paul YouTube channel. And that's so we are we're all singing from our places. And we're, we're going to be joining you and doing some live, you know, interaction there with you. But it, yeah, and, and it's free and it's free. Wow. That favorite word of ours, <laughs> free. Absolutely. You can sit down amazing. with your family and friends, have, you know, make your hot chocolate and your cook Christmas cookies and have an evening with the Daughters of St. Paul. Now, what's God say to us through the music of Advent and Christmas? What's what's he say to you personally? Well, I love Christmas music. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just love it. I And I think because it really offers a glimmer of light in the midst of darkness. Mm. You know, when the world, and especially in Northern Hemisphere, we're getting a little darker, right? Um, the world is getting a little dark. Days are shorter. And even in the midst of these challenging times in our world, God's light always shines through. Amen. And that's what we're thinking about in these songs. And our concert will be about God is with us. Even when we feel like he's not, even when we feel that the mm-hmm. darkness overwhelms us, God is with us. He comes to be with us in our midst. One of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible is John 1, mm-hmm. which is read on Christmas Day. Yes. And and so many great verses, but some of the favorite verses for me is that the light shines, this is verse 5, John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, so, so powerful. And Christmas music helps us with the light of Christ yeah. helps us with that joy. And yes. Tell us about some of your most favorite memories of, of what you've done with these concerts. Wow. It's it's so impressive every time we've gone in, especially in person, on these tours. Uh, <laughs> we meet all kinds of people from all over the country. And I think one of the most impressive things about it is that I have we have little kids, like 
little babies, you know, two, three-year-olds who are telling us that this is their favorite concert ever. <laughs> and then you have the 90-year-olds who come and they're like, this is the best concert ever. Wow. But one of the one of the concerts, I got to say, and it was about a 50, I think it was a 55-year-old gentleman who said, he said, he came to us after the concert and he said, you know, I just got to tell you this. My wife made me come. <laughs> My wife wife made me come. He says, I didn't want to come. I just wanted to stay at home and watch the football game. Okay, just wanted you to know that. He says, but I am so glad I did. He says, because you just brought a tremendous amount of joy to my heart. He says, I go to a lot of different concerts, you know, and I was just at the Eagles concert. He says, mm. but this is way better than the Eagles. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's and so great. We just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that's so great. So how many sisters are involved in the concert? There are nine of us singing in the concert. Okay. So, um, all in the same location or different location? No, we are spread all across uh. the United States. <laughs> yeah, so we do our little parts, you know. We record our parts uh, separately and then send them in. And uh, they edit all that together because... And so give us a teaser on on what we can look forward to this year. Oh, it's going to be fun. Um, We have a special little teaser. You know, we use some video that we've had from our past concerts in Los Angeles. um, uh, So we show a little bit of what it looks like when we're really in person. But we have some lovely songs and... I don't know if you've ever heard of the song Alleluia, He is Born, because I know you love Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. So look for that song, Alleluia, He is Born. It's great. Wow. And, you know, a little just, you know, you might be surprised at the end. You might see some nuns singing and dancing. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. But no Handel's Messiah. <laughs> Not Handel's Messiah. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I'm really curious about Daughters of St. Paul. Why St. Paul? How does that fit? Well, Blessed James Alberione, our founder, had said when he founded us, the Daughters of St. Paul, back in 1915, he said, it's not us who chose St. Paul the Apostle as our patron. He says, St. Paul chose us. He wants to be our patron. When you think about it, he was the greatest evangelizer the church has ever known. Mm. You know, he went and traversed by foot, Mm. you know, all over the then known ancient world, right? He just walked everywhere and went everywhere. He was the greatest evangelizer. And Alberione would say, St. Paul chose us to be his sons and daughters so that we can go forth and evangelize the people of our day. Mm. And to evangelize the people of our day means with the fastest and most efficacious means possible, which is the media Uh, technology. It's all coming together now. Yeah. St. Paul wrote letters. Remember, he was trying to get it out there, but he was preaching, but also writing letters. He used the media of his day. Well, you know, he also, Alberione would say, you know, if St. Paul were alive today, he would be in front of a microphone and in front of a camera, getting his message out to as many people as possible. And getting to, you know, that, that wide audience, the, as you mentioned, worldwide audience. Exactly. And people are thirsting. Oh. You know, one of the things I want to do is I thirst 
cities, you know, mm-hmm. to go to cities and do ma- major seminars, conferences mm-hmm. of I thirst Los mm-hmm. Angeles, I thirst mm-hmm. New York, whatever it might be, because people are thirsting for Christ now more Absolutely. than ever. Absolutely. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Oh, we're desperately looking for Christ and we don't know where to go. It's fascinating in our Pauline book and media centers, but especially the one in Los Angeles, we have a lot of young adults who work in the industry, the film industry and gaming industry, who happen upon our center or find something and they just come on in and they're looking because they've never had any spirituality in their life or they've lost it or they've been away from it. And they said, I just need something. And I was drawn to this center. I was drawn there because by by the Holy Spirit, because they are desperate for hope. They're desperate for Christ. And so what sister does when she comes in and she hears them, she goes, oh, well, here's the chapel. Go talk to Jesus. And they're all like, what? But they sit there and they listen and they go before the Lord. That's the most important thing. The word of God and the Eucharist are the key pillars of our life and our spiritual life and of our evangelization ministry within the media. All right. So where are you located? Our Pauline Book and Media Center in Los Angeles is in Culver City on Sepulveda Boulevard between uh, Venice and Washington. And do you have an address? 3908 Sepulveda Boulevard in Culver City. Wow. And what are your hours? Um, nine, uh, 10 to 5 every day, and we're closed on Sundays. 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. Okay. And then, and what can they see there? What do they get? They see you? Well, they see the sisters. Yes. I, I'm not always present in yeah. the center because I work on the second floor, which is the media study center, but uh, their sisters are always there. And their books, Bibles, gift items, rosaries, wow. medals, so prayer for, cards, for Christmas, statues. This is the place there to be. you go. That's the place wow. to be. But it's also a spiritual center. Like yes. I said, have a chapel the there. chapel is there and people can leave their prayer intentions for the sisters to pray for. I've got to get up there. I am so embarrassed. <laughs> I feel awful that I've never been there. I have to see you it. You got to come on by. Yeah. I have to, I have to be there because the chapel really intrigues me too, yes. right? Yes. You know, and do you have adoration there? Uh, sometimes we do. Yes. Well, because of COVID things have shifted and yeah, changed, right. but we did have a couple of days a week where we did have adoration. No, that's fantastic. So again, one more time, tell us about the Christmas concert and how we get access to it. So it's the God is with us. Christmas concert with the Daughters of St. Paul. It's Mm -hmm. virtual. This year, December 12th, it's premiering at 5 p.m. on Pacific time. Uh, That's 8 p.m. East Coast time. And it's going to be on the Daughters of St. Paul YouTube channel. So you can access that and watch it together as family and friends. Gather around, you know, and just join with the sisters as we're praying for you as you watch it. Because we pray for everyone. Who engages with the media we produce. I love that. And so those that are perhaps a little challenged, uh, maybe we don't even familiar with YouTube. We we go to our, say, computer, smartphone, Mm -hmm. we put in YouTube, and then what? You put in YouTube, and then you write Daughters of St. Paul. That's it. That's it, and it'll come up. (laughs) Wow. So even even some of the oldsters like me can do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You click on the channel, and (laughs) it'll appear. It'll appear. It's there. As well as probably a lot of other things, too. Right? Yes. Yeah. Many things that the sisters are yeah. producing and creating. Wow. 
I can't tell you how excited I am. I know I keep saying that, don't I? <laughs> uh, Sister Nancy Elselman, director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies, is with us on our show, focusing on digital culture. Again, please, please go to their YouTube site for the Daughters of St. Paul and experience December 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the live airing of their annual Christmas concert. You don't want to miss it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's been a rough couple years, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a rough couple years. And mm-hmm. in these challenging times, God is there more than ever when we when we reach out to him mm-hmm. and we find God everywhere. But there's so much polarization, mm-hmm. you know, in our world of, of, you know, I'm red, you're blue, I'm blue, mm-hmm. you're red, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm vaccinated, you're not vaccinated, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on and on and on. People are, are like yelling at each other, they're arguing, you know, how do we find peace as we enter mm-hmm. into this Christmas season, uh, Advent season rather, and, and then Christmas? How do we find peace? How do we find Jesus in the midst of this challenging culture mm-hmm. we're in? We are. It is, it is very polarized and sometimes that can be challenging and we all have our own opinions and are very strong about our own opinions. And, and we think we're right. <laughs> well, 100% right, right? I, I, you know, how many people, they'll, they'll express their things. How many people say, well, maybe I'm not right. No, they're like 100% certain. I'm right right. and you're wrong. You know, I see that like more than ever. Yes. And and it's very good people really uh, being mean and nasty or just is just really arguing with one another and to the point where they they can't reconcile. And I just want to say I find it challenging, too. I do, and I've struggled with this. It's hard to listen in our culture. It's hard to have a really good dialogue. And why is that? It's because we're not really listening to one another. We're assuming things about one another. And because in this quick digital age, we're making these assumptions in our minds about each other and what they believe or how they are. And so we make our judgments based on that without actually asking the person, is this really this particular thing, what you stand for, what you believe and what you, you know, is that the whole of it? I guarantee you a person would say, no, that's not all of it. This is more of it. Blah, 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 blah. And let them say it because most of this argument comes about what we assume about each other. And that's not (laughs) Christ-like. Jesus, more than anyone, would give us an example of what it means to listen, to be present, to really understand human beings. So this is what I believe. I believe that Christ manifests himself through everyone. Absolutely. In some cases, you know, they may be in darkness, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's a glimmer there that Christ can manifest himself through. We can learn from everyone. That's been a basic principle of mine. And I want to know what I can learn. I don't get everything, but but I, I'm aware of the fact that no matter what that person's education, background, political views, you know, their culture, their whatever, I can learn something from them. Mm-hmm. But most people approach it now that they need to learn from me. Mm-hmm. I need to teach them something mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're ignorant. They're mm-hmm. in darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm just praying from the bottom of my heart, my brothers and sisters, who are listeners here, mm-hmm. that you ask the Lord 
teach me through other people. Mm-hmm. Teach me things that I can learn more compassion, yes. more love, more forgiveness, more virtuals, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, more mercy. You know, what can I learn in listening? Your thoughts on that? Well, and it's it's fascinating that you say that, Deacon Steve, because, and it's not that we don't stand up for the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't stand up for what is good, true, and beautiful. Um, and what Christ is telling us in, in the Gospels of what is tr- good, true, and beautiful. We have to still be evangelizers, but we have to do it compassionately. Yes. And with love and yes. with hope and mercy, just like you mentioned. It, we can't condemn people. You know, Jesus didn't condemn people. He says, Go, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Mm-hmm. Like he says to the sinful woman, everyone else was condemning her, but Jesus didn't condemn her. Amen. You know, and I think that's we're we're too quick to condemn. We're too quick to judge as opposed to really trying to understand to to love and mercy. Not to say that people may be in error. There is plenty of evil and error in the world. Yes. <laughs> Even in our own hearts even in our own hearts that we have to constantly ask for forgiveness from God. We have to constantly grow in to ask for God's mercy as well for ourselves. But I think it's that we have to step back, you know, just step back interiorly before responding to people in anger and frustration and really reflect a little bit. And I think that's what's such a hard thing to do in our culture. We don't stop to reflect because we're just bombarded with information every single moment. And when we step back to reflect, we can calm our emotions and really think about what the person said or what they didn't say or really ask the questions. I think we're just an emotional reaction kind of culture. Yeah. And, and we've gotten into this environment that I'm right and you're wrong and you need to learn from me. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand we need to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. We need to be open to one mm-hmm. another, and we need to be humble mm-hmm. and have humility. And my brothers and sisters, there's no doubt in my mind that God is working in you in a powerful way. Yeah. Say yes to him. And you will be used by him in a powerful yeah. way. Now, as it relates to media, Like so many others, I've talked to a mutual friend of ours about doing a documentary. Mm -hmm. I've had a dream of actually doing a movie, Mm -hmm. you know, a film. For those dreamers out there like me, how do you encourage them in this media culture that we're in to live out their dream in terms of whether it be a film, a, a short feature, whatever it might be? Just do it. (laughs) <laughs> just do it. Oh, wait a minute. I heard, so I, I heard a company just, maybe uh, they stole it from you. They stole it from you. Um, you know, the culture needs us, needs Catholics to tell really good stories. And, you know, we have it in our Catholic imagination because we use symbols and signs. It's part of our sacramental perspective is we don't have to say you know, Jesus's name, or we don't have to preach the gospel. We just need to show it. We just need to show that human beings can live this gospel and then do that in our everyday experiences. That speaks more to people than anything else we can preach. Remember St. Francis of Assisi says, you know, go and preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Yes, we need to show it first. And we can do that in really good storytelling. One of the things that 
I like to say over and over again is how big is our God? Mm. You know, with God, all things are possible. That's right. So maybe you're listening right now and maybe God has put some dream in your heart, maybe to create a video of some kind that you can show various people a video of hope, a video of love, a video of evangelization. Or social media posts or that give hope. Or social media posts that give hope. I mean, don't put God in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, say yes to him and he will make it happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone's always concerned about budget and money and, you know, how am I going to do this? Don't focus on that in the beginning. Focus on what God wants you to do yes. and then let God work. Yes, our founder, Blessed James Alberione, was always in debt because of that. He, <laughs> he just says, you know, if God, company, <laughs> if God wants, wants this to happen, we do it. We go forward in faith. The money will come. And always it did. And I've seen that actually happen in my own life as well. And, and you, I thank you again for being part of our St. Joseph Summit. And again, thank for you. those people that haven't seen it, please see Sister by going to stjosephsummit.com and you can have access to it, share it with your parish and so forth. We reached about 30,000 people, you yeah. know, and bottom line is that 10 countries, not as big mm-hmm. as your concert, but nevertheless, <laughs> you know, was still pretty amazing. But it starts with an idea. Yes. It starts with a dream. Yes. God uses those inspirations in us. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. giving us the impetus to not be afraid to try something new, Mm. to try something we haven't done before, Um, especially when it comes to preaching the gospel. Go, go for it. You know, nothing should hold the gospel back. I mean, nothing held St. Paul back. Amen. So I have this dream of going to 21 cities. Okay. I don't know if you've heard this. Maybe I'll come with you. Yeah, no. And and (laughs) LA is one of them and we could partner with you, but it's the I thirst, you know, Yes. I thirst, that whole concept Mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus went on the cross, I thirst. To St. Mother Teresa, that I thirst for souls. Right. And to have kind of like where we grew up, I grew up anyway, with the Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. I realized he wasn't Catholic, but the whole concept Mm -hmm. of commitment to Christ Mm -hmm. and to have rallies Mm -hmm. in which we're at some center, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's the cathedral in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows how big Dodger Stadium Mm -hmm. it gets really big. And to have people literally have the altar call, you know, literally come up and say, I'm committing my life to Jesus because Absolutely. Jesus thirsts for me Absolutely. and I thirst for him. To encounter What are your Christ. thoughts about that? What, right. This is very exciting here. Not pre-rehearsed, mm-hmm. not anything. <laughs> Is that from the Holy Spirit? Um, absolutely. I, I think more than ever, our culture needs to encounter Christ. And that would be a very powerful moment for Catholics, non-Catholics, anybody who may be searching, just searching for something deeper in life to encounter Jesus in a very profound and tangible way. Uh, through his word, through the Eucharist, through reconciliation, through the sacraments. I mean, what a powerful, you know, Catholic experience. Um, And that it just doesn't stop there, but that we're giving them something to go away with, I think would be so important, something to to walk away, to continue that journey of their relationship with Christ. Amen. And and if you could pray for that, sister, I will. that would be great. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you so much for once again being on, again, uh, on Empowered by the Spirit. And 
I'm asking everybody to please go to their Daughters of St. Paul YouTube channel and experience the Christmas concert December 12th at 5 p.m. You know, happy Advent and very soon, right? Yes. And Merry Christmas. But could you close us out in prayer, sister? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your grace, your glory through the digital media culture to make you known in your word, in your Eucharist, in the body of Christ, that you embrace each one of us with love, with mercy, with light, and with hope, that we can go forth wherever we find ourselves to be your presence, to be Christ's presence in the world, especially within our digital media culture. Help us to be faithful witnesses of the gospel and to be lovers of people as Christ is a lover of each one of us. So we ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we pray in that through the intercession of blessed James Alberione, the media apostle. Pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. This is Deacon Steve Greco. You've been empowered by the Spirit. God bless you and your families. We'll see you next week at the same time. We're thrilled that you joined us today on Empowered by the Spirit. Empowered by the Spirit is a production of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. For more information about Spirit-Filled Hearts, visit our website, spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard here on Empowered by the Spirit, contact us by email at empowered at spiritfilledhearts.org. That's empowered at spiritfilledhearts.org. We hope you'll tell a friend about our program and ask them to join us next week at this same time. We look forward to being with you again right here next week. just love hearing great stories on Spirit-Filled Radio. And recently host Rick Howick of the Orange County Catholic Program had some friends from St. Bonaventure School in Huntington Beach drop by our studios. Here's a word from Principal Kim White talking about nuns. A lot of young men and women could benefit from utilizing them as role models in their lives. And another thing too, people think the religious or the nuns are not the pastors and the priests they sort of run the show. And I was at our year-end lunch and we had the whole parish and the sisters were there and our pastor father joe was there and we were all sitting at the same table and all i heard father joe saying was yes sister yes sister yes sister <laughs> when he was talking to sister maria and i was like i'm thinking sister maria may be pretty in charge here for a little bit at the time so for more come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org that's spiritfilledmedia.org spiritfilled radio is in partnership with the roman catholic diocese of orange in southern california some powerful words of reminder regarding our retired priests. Listen to Joan Patton from the Praying for Priests and Families podcast. You know, as you would say, their peers die and perhaps even their extended family die. And I realized, like, we're all they have left. And, like, who takes care of elderly parents? The children. (laughs) And so to pay attention, if you know a retired priest in your area, go visit him. Go pray with him. Take him out to dinner. 
find out if he needs to go shopping, just as you would do for your elderly parents. Because there's a particular loneliness that often retired priests experience. But there's a beautiful faithfulness. I knew a, a retired priest here in the Diocese of Orange, and he would say Mass every day at his kitchen table, regardless if somebody was there or not. And I just thought, oh, he is sustaining this part of the world with his prayers. For more great content, check out spiritfilledradio.org. Spiritfilled Radio is in partnership with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. Spiritfilledradio.org. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spiritfilled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.